You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. And Jimmy Stein, well, that'll only be him in just a second. Uh, Jimmy Stein is going to keep going with his countdown here. But I want to tell you all about Smack Apparel at Smack Apparel on Twitter. Look, we're giving away three t-shirts that they've come out with. It says, sucks to be you, and then they have the Miami you. Pretty clever. Go check us out on Twitter. Uh, at Locked On Bama, and you can see the tweet there. All I'm asking for people to do is either like or retweet our podcast anytime this week, any of them, and we'll randomly choose three people to give these shirts to. That's all you have to do. We'd love it if you followed us. We'd love it if you went to Smack Apparel online and showed them some appreciation. You don't have to, but we'd appreciate it. Meanwhile, let's get on with the countdown. Thanks for tuning in to the Locked On podcast. Locked On Bama, not just Locked On. I, I don't even know there is a Locked On. There's Locked On everything. I don't think they have a, just have a general Locked On, although actually what you guys should do in your spare time is uh, review all the Locked On podcasts. You'd be shocked. We got Locked On SEC, which is outstanding, Locked On NFL, and then, of course, individual teams uh, this time of the year in fall camp. If you're interested in what your favorite team's doing, whether it's the Saints, the Falcons, Giants, Rams, whatever it is, uh, there's a locked on for you. So, uh, yeah, check out the network. Very impressive in terms of what's been built. And uh, we apologize, uh, Luke and I, for uh, dragging down the uh, locked on network like we we do with our silly uh, our silly uh, dog and pony show. Back to the countdown. We're going to keep this one short because there's really not much to say about number seven, Ja'Cory Brooks. We're on seven. Ja'Cory was a five-star wide receiver from South Florida. As you guys know, Alabama has done extremely well recruiting receivers from that neck of the woods. And uh, I don't think there is woods in South Florida, but there's a lot of good receivers. And Alabama signed a whole bunch of them going all the way back to Amari uh, and, and probably before that. But Amari being the first notable one, and there's been a bunch since, like Jerry Judy and, and – uh, you know, uh, we like Ajay Hall. That's kind of a Central Florida guy, but Ajay Hall also in the last class. But Ja'Cory Brooks, um, tall, catch-radius guy. You know, for a five-star, I think calling him a possession receiver isn't very fair because he's he's a lot better than that. He, this is a gifted all-around receiver. But, you know, whenever you, you see, to me, a tall guy that's got long arms and that great catch-radius, I tend to think of him as possession guys. But uh, some of them can get vertical and make big plays. Ja'Cory has really good speed. He's not like a 4-3 guy or even a 4-4 guy, probably not, you know, in terms of like a guy that's going to just toast an SEC corner. But some of these guys are just sneaky fast. And by that, I mean they play the position so well and their timing and their route running is so good. Uh, they are vertical threats. And to me, that describes – what I see of Jacory on tape, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, he was a five-star and, and a really hyped guy. I think I probably didn't rate him quite as high as the highest you would see. I definitely thought he was national top 50. I thought was fair, which is, you know, more, more like a super high four-star, but 
I, that is not to be negative at all. He's an outstanding prospect. It's just, you know, I've, I've seen him in the top 10 nationally, and I wasn't sure about that because, again, I, I think a top 10 guy should literally be a 4-4 guy. I mean, to me, the top 10, 15, 20 kids should be, in addition to outstanding football players, physical freaks. I think Ja'Cory's more football player than physical freak, uh, and, and that's what we'll see down the road. Now, he was he had a quiet spring. I'll tell you who else had a quiet spring was Amari Cooper. And by quiet spring, I mean he created almost no headlines that spring as far as the fans were concerned. I remember this very well. I was asked by a coach. Literally, I was at a thing and talked to a coach. And uh, he's like, what do you think about our wide receiver position this fall? And I was bragging on. You know, I named three or four guys. I can't remember who I named. but th- And this was the summer of 2012. This is nine years ago. A- and I named a few receivers. I'm like, yeah, I like this kid. I like that kid. I think we could be pretty good. He's like, you didn't even name the best one. I'm like, a kid that I just didn't name? Because I named what I thought were the top two or three guys. You know, he's like, now nah, the best receiver on the team is Amari Cooper. And I remember being stunned, like, I mean, Amari didn't have a big A-day. He didn't really stand out in scrimmages. I mean, in terms of – now, he did stand out in terms of like, hey, you know, Amari's going to be a player. Clearly, he's going to be a player. We knew that from recruiting. But I didn't think Amari was the best receiver on the team in that spring. I didn't think so. And really, he wasn't. But the coaches see, you know, what a kid is going to be. And uh, so – and, boy, that coach ended up 100% right. And, uh, and, and Amari ended up being the best receiver on the team as a true freshman. So just because Ja'Cory Brooks didn't stand out to the fans this past spring and seemed to have a quiet spring, that means nothing for a true freshman. So uh, I think big times are ahead for Ja'Cory Brooks, and he was a big pickup for Alabama. Uh, and, uh, boy, Alabama's recruiting really good at that wide receiver position. Thanks for listening to the Player Roster Countdown. We'll be back. Back to the player roster countdown and locked on Bama. This is Jimmy Stein. We started way back in the 90s, and now we're down to six. Season's getting close. We tried to do these before the start of fall camp, but Luke and I don't shut up about the news of the day, so we couldn't get them all done before fall camp. Fall camp's already started, but, hey, there's nothing better to talk about than the dudes that uh, that play for our Crimson Tide. So let's do number six uh, on defense. Kyrie Jackson, Juco kid, really unique prospect. You know, when there's a weird recruiting story, I mean, I've said this for years and I'm right most of the time. When there's a weird recruiting story, usually those kids don't work out for whatever reason. You know, what what tends to work out is the textbook cases of the superstar, five-star that's a great player at a big high school, and then he shows up, and then he plays right away as a true freshman, and then Three years later, he's off in the first round of the draft. That's that's the textbook. That's the way it, it, it's nice when it works out that way. But it doesn't work out that way for every kid in the NFL. You can just go back and, and just read the bios of all current NFL players, and you'll see a thousand different stories. It, you know, it, 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 it doesn't always go the textbook way. To me, the kids with weird stories, most of the time it just doesn't work out for them. But we'll see. And what, what a weird story. I mean, is here's – Here's just a completely badass football player. Uh, He didn't even play football after high school. He went a whole year and didn't even play. And then he went to a junior college in Kansas and was only there for a year. 
and then went to a junior college in Mississippi. So we're talking about not playing two different JUCOs. And then you watch the tape, his JUCO tape from his freshman year at Kansas. Holy crap. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you guys, he has some of the best tape I've ever seen for a defensive back prospect. Uh, This is one of the best defensive back prospects I have ever seen on tape. And why do I say that? I'm talking about his tremendous length with cornerback skills. This guy's like a legitimate 6'2 plus. He's probably every bit of 6'3. But he is a cornerback. I mean, in terms of his speed and his hips and his flexibility and his long arms, uh, his, his ability to get in phase and cover, uh, he's, he makes plays on the ball. He's got ball skills. He's clearly big enough to be a safety. And who knows, maybe long-term, that's his spot. He has the size to play any of six positions in the defensive backfield. I mean, he literally could play any spot back there. But I would hate to move him from just corner because his corner skills are just fantastic on tape. So I couldn't be more excited about this guy being on our team at Alabama And it just shows you the kind of raw ability. I mean, he wasn't heavily recruited out of high school, didn't even play football after his high school career was over, and then went to two different junior colleges. You know, when that happens, the last school you think is going to be involved with a kid like that is Alabama, but, oh, Alabama called quick when they saw the same tape I did. You know, they are like, we want this guy. So he's here, and he's practicing with the team. He is practicing with the corners for now. and uh, But, gosh, he's so raw and has such little experience. I think in terms of what could happen for Kyrie this year, his range of outcomes is unbelievable. He could prove to be one of the best defensive backs on the team, including Job and Jordan Battle. He could be like our best one this fall. I can see that happening with his raw ability. Uh, Or he may not even play a single down because he doesn't have a full grasp of a a collegiate defense. Uh, And and if he doesn't know what to do, it doesn't matter how fast you can do it. All you do is get to the wrong place quicker. That doesn't help you. So will we see Kyrie this fall? I don't know. Alabama's pretty set at defensive back. Uh, There's no glaring position of need where you're like, boy, Kyrie could really plug this hole. There's not really many holes to plug. I, I, think, I think Kyrie's best opportunity to, to entrench himself in the lineup is probably next spring when Alabama will have an opening or two. But I think this is going to be a learning semester for him, and I hope he doesn't get frustrated. This kid has had no stability whatsoever He seems the type that could easily get frustrated and move on. It just seems to me. So, you know, I won't be stunned if that happens either. I mean, like the range of outcomes here start at playing a year or two and then off to the upper half of the first round of the draft to never seeing the field at Alabama and transferring to a FCS school never to be heard from again. I mean, the range of outcomes here cannot – I mean, we could, we could spend all day talking about what could happen with him. Uh, but let's be optimistic. And, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this is one of the best defensive back prospects I have ever seen on tape. There was a DB we signed 
that had a weird recruiting story back in the Julio Jones class. Some of you will remember a corner from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, I think it's from Moss Point, named Alonzo Lawrence from Loosedale. I'm sorry, he was from Loosedale, which is near Moss Point. It's the town right next to Moss Point on the Gulf Coast. Uh, he was incredibly gifted. He literally, at the Alabama Mississippi High School All-Star Game, practically shut down Julio Jones. And I don't know that anybody's done that since, not even in the NFL. Boy, Alonzo Lawrence was a gifted player. But uh, it just didn't work out for him. For and, and who knows who knows what all the story is. But it just didn't work out. It didn't work out for him in Alabama. He wasn't there very long. And then, then he wasn't a great player. You know, down the road, now I understand he's a coach, uh, you know, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, I think back in Loose Taylor Moss Point. And uh, let's hope Kyrie <laughs> ends up, his story ends a little differently uh, because we, we have seen incredibly gifted DBs like Alonzo Lawrence. It just doesn't work out. So uh, hopefully it will for Kyrie. And uh, Alabama obviously willing to take that chance on him. And uh, we'll see. So we'll be right back with more of the player roster countdown. Jimmy Stein back on the player roster countdown. And I hope I don't talk for 20 minutes about Trey Sanders here, make you all late for appointments and miss your doctor's appointment or be late for work because I couldn't shut up about Trey Sanders. But there's just a lot to unpack here, as the kids say. Five-star IMG Academy. Commits to Alabama, superstar even as a young recruit, probably 10th grade, probably had 50 offers. Uh, commits to Alabama very early. We're sort of a mecca for running backs. And he commits to us early, then decommits and almost decided to go to Georgia. That would have been bad. But nope, uh, ends up with Alabama again. Signs with us and his freshman year is impressing. I knew this from the inside. This is from inside the walls of the Malmore. I heard Trey Sanders was extremely impressive in fall camp, was rocking it up the depth chart, was clearly going to be a significant player as a true freshman, then broke his foot. So he missed his whole freshman year, and it took us a while before we could see Trey. And those rehabs can take a while. You, I mean, when you can't work out, can't run, hard to improve as a running back when you can't run, by the way. I don't, I don't mean to shock you guys with facts like that. But, uh, boy, it really sets you back, and it did set Trey back for a while. It took him a long time to be himself again. Fast forward the whole year, and uh, – he had a decent fall camp and ended up, you know, where he was playing, kind of third behind Najee and B-Rob, and then started to find himself. And I would say Mississippi State last year, we got a glimpse of the real Trey Sanders, like, oh my, he is good. And I think in that game is when he proved he was better than Brian, to be honest, at that time. At that time, he did. And I think... The following week, he was going to be the number two running back no matter who the opponent. I mean, I think he jumped Brian. But we all know uh, he was in that terrible accident. The accident was bad. This is not a fender bender. I, I don't know all the details, and we don't need to know the details. I, I know enough details to know this. It was really bad. This was a bad wreck. He could have easily been killed. Uh, it was bad. He had serious injuries. Uh, I mean, he was in a wheelchair for a while because he, he couldn't. He was completely immobile, had major surgery. 
So, but he bounced back. I think he was even healthier in the spring than they ever imagined he would be. Now, he didn't get to go through spring like everyone else did, but he was out there doing some things. And then, you know, we have the best training staff in the country, the best strength and conditioning in the country. And this is the way I have looked at Trey this year. I mean, his injury was so bad and the rehab was so grueling. We're in pretty good shape at running back with Brian Robinson, Jace McClellan, and Roy Dale Williams to say nothing of incoming five-star Kamar Wheaton that I looked at Trey like, hey, this is gravy. I, I, I looked at it myself like he's not even on the roster. I don't even want to get excited about Trey. I don't even want to talk about where he would slot in. I was just like, well, it's like Trey doesn't exist, but if all of a sudden he's 100% healthy and as good as he's ever been and ready to go, then I'll celebrate because, boy, we got something then. But I didn't want to get my hopes up or the fans' hopes up because my expectations were zero based on the seriousness of his injuries, the surgeries, and the rehab. So where are we at in fall camp? Well, he's not even in a black jersey. He is participating in the same drills as every other running back, and he looks fast and quick. Now, is he as fast and quick as he ever was? That's probably even stupid to even suggest. Probably not. But he could, he could get there. How is he going to react to contact? I mean, that's really a better question for a psychiatrist than a football coach. If you think about being seriously injured in a football game and how hard it is to, to get back into SEC-level contact after that, I mean... This has to be worse. You know, any normal person would have some stress disorder, you know, when when it comes to to being physically hurt again after all he went through. So, look, for those reasons, I'm still where I was in terms of what do we get out of Trey this fall? Gravy. That's what we get. I'm expecting nothing. And if he's able to help a little bit, that's awesome. And if he's back to where he was last year in the Mississippi State game, that's a game changer. He, he, could, he could be the best running back on this team this fall. That, that apparently can happen, and it will be great if it does. I, I just don't think as fans we should expect it. I think we should just be pulling for him and be supportive and, and patient and patient and, 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 and hope that one day he, he's back to his old self uh, because what a tremendous asset he'll be to to the, the production. I mean, he's already a great asset to the team. I'm sure his work ethic and uh, his story and coming back from that accident is inspiring to his teammates. So great kid, lucky to be with us. We're lucky to have him. Maybe we see the real Trey Sanders this fall, and that would be glorious. But if it's next spring, next year, hey, that's fine too. Uh, you know, better better then than than uh, than him never being the same. Let's hope he's the same one day. But based on how the early days of fall camp are going, uh, I think it's fair to be to be optimistic here. Uh, in the meantime, our running back situation is pretty good. The highly experienced Brian Robinson, the very promising Jace McClellan, and Roy Dale Williams, a five-star freshman, getting his feet wet right now. So we're we're fine at running back. Uh, we'll be more than fine when uh, when Trey Sanders gets back to his uh, his old self.